Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome to our wonderful listeners today. This podcast is going to be focusing on how your thoughts create your reality, which results in action or inaction. My guest today is Amanda. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you very much for having me on the show. So you and I had, you know, the benefit of sort of chatting a little bit before and you mentioned to me animals and, um, I love animals. Uh, I have two little Shih Tzu dogs, which I may warn the listeners right now that <laughs> if they hear something, they, they, they're good listeners and, uh, they may bark. So I, uh, will apologize in advance if that does occur. Um, if it's not your dogs, it'll be mine. So. <laughs> okay. So we are dog loving people. And, um, so my, my, where I want to start and ask you about is where did your love and connection to animals sort of start? Because you mentioned it was a doorway for you and I want to explore this story first. Well, the funny thing is that um, my husband and I always joke that, you know, if you're having a party, we'll be the ones that are in the corner petting your dog instead of socializing with everyone else. Um, But in reality, well, he probably would be (laughs) in reality. um, Just like animals have so many different kinds of personalities, I find that people are the same way. So um, being able to kind of like interact with animals and take my love for animals and be able to um, like, I guess it's chat with people when, when I'm out walking, if they have dogs, chances are I'll come up and ask, Hey, can I pet your dog? And then it starts conversations. So that's one of the ways that um, I really realized that people open up very easily once they have the opportunity to. And if animals are the common denominator or the common factor in that initiation of the relationship there, Um, I will be the crazy dog person that comes up and says like, hey, can I pet your dog? And then it always starts a conversation. You end up finding out like what they're doing that weekend, you know, what their favorite food is. You find out all these different things. And then sometimes what I was finding is people would really open up about their personal life as well. And you would learn all these different stories um, just by having that, that shared love for animals. So that was one of the ways that I kind of realized that you can, ha- you can have so many different connections with people. It can be animals, it can be, you know, sports, it can be the arts, whatever it is that you're interested in. But having that common link really helps build a doorway to open up um, a lot of different relationships. And that's when I kind of found that um, people naturally looked at me almost as a coach and came to me with issues or problems or even just advice or insights on certain things. Um, And that's one of the ways that I realized I would be able to turn that into a business um, when it came down to looking at all the different things that I had on the go in terms of ideas because I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. But just having a common link and and seeing that people were so uh, 
intrigued to open up and speak about themselves so openly once you did have some kind of common thread. Uh, that seemed to really kickstart some of the relationships. Amazing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I'll be walking my dogs and, you know, kids will come up or uh, people will come up and be like, hey, those are really nice dogs. Or it always, it, it makes it easy to just break the ice versus, you know, it'd be sort of weird to like be walking up the street from just literally out of nowhere and walking up and be like, Hey, what's your name? Like, yeah. We'll just be like, what, what, who are you? Right. Um, although I guess if more of us did that, we would, you know, the world might be a very different place, but for right now it, it, it's a little, it's a little harder to break the ice that way versus yeah. the animals that. help create that segue of what a, a better world would be if everyone <laughs> did open up and if everyone truly did, um, like correspond the way that they wanted to versus the way that they kind of hold themselves back because they feel, you know, like there's judgment there. That's a perfect example of what you just said. You know, if I didn't have my dog with me and someone came up to me and just started a conversation, we might be more hesitant to share things with them. But because the initial interaction happened with that common thread of wanting to pet your dog, then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, we're friends, right? We know each other somehow. Like, there's this common, this common connection there. Um, when really, I mean, if somebody came up and started talking to me, chances are I'd probably chat with them, like have a conversation with them as well. But we do feel kind of that, what is this person weird? Like what's going on? It's just not a common situation that happens in society, unfortunately. More guarding, right? Exactly. Like, because you don't know, is this like friend or foe or like what's right? Yeah. Um, what's their intention is usually yeah. the, question but if there's the dog and they just want to pet your dog then you let your guard down about anything that's going on right like you you just are able to start a, a candid conversation with another human being um it's like it always makes me laugh when you're in an elevator you're in a very very tight space with people and nobody acknowledges that anybody else is in the elevator with them and i'm always the the one who will make some kind of joke or try and make people laugh because you're like, just acknowledge human existence. People don't do that a lot. Um, and it's kind of sad. Like you think about all these opportunities we have to actually acknowledge another human being and we just pass it by because we're afraid that we're going to be labeled as like being weird or something. Yeah. So it's a in very interesting concept for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, I want to, I guess, ask your background in the, you know, is, was marketing, you were in marketing before. I wanted to know, cause you, you know, you talked about the dogs and that becoming a doorway and you could see yourself kind of like doing the coaching thing. Obviously that came a little bit later, but when you were in marketing, like how did you know that you needed a change? Like, was there something that happened specifically or was it a feeling that you got? Like what, what precipitated that? Yeah, I would say that I found myself thinking about um, there's got to be more. Um, and I had a great job. My corporate job was fantastic. I worked with great people, but it was that whole monotonous, this is the same way that my day goes every day. You wake up, you get ready for work, you go to work, you come home, you make dinner, you maybe watch TV or walk the dogs or do whatever it is. And then you go to bed and then you start the whole routine over again. And I'm just not the kind of person that wants to have that, that routine day in, day out. And so I wanted, like, I, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but my biggest thing was 
I never knew what I was, you know, quote unquote, good enough <laughs> to do um, until I started looking at what I was naturally good at, what I felt genuinely passionate about. And that really is building relationships and meeting new people and helping people feel comfortable. That's always something that I've done. I would always be the person who, um, if there's somebody in a group of people and they're being kind of quiet, not really saying anything, I would always be the one that would be like, hey, why don't you come sit with us? Come talk with us. And I never like to see people left out. So having like being able to realize that that those tools that came naturally and that I was really passionate about could be turned into a career actually happened in my corporate job when one of my coworkers um, had said that they went and saw a life coach and I didn't know what that was. I was like, what, what is a life coach? Please explain it to me. It sounds intriguing. So she explained that it was, um, you know, somebody who, who helps you not necessarily look at the past, but more look at your future where you want to go and help you set goals to get you there versus trying to figure out, you know, why you feel like you're messed up and what happened in your childhood. And yes, some of those things come into play, but really the difference between like psychology and coaching is coaching really looks forward and helps you get there. Um, so that I found that really intriguing because I already naturally gained um, people's trust and they, they seem to come to me, uh, like I had said, for like advice or insight and things like that. So being able to realize that there was a whole coaching industry um, and people who were looking for the accountability piece um, and just someone to help them kind of sort through and gain clarity on everything that it, it is that they wanted to do. Um, that really lit me up and I felt like that gave me more of a purpose than, uh, than a corporate job would. For sure. And in that, in that process of like, people gravitating toward you and you just kind of discovering some of these skills and talents that you sort of had. At what point did you start to figure out that people were lacking confidence? Where does the confidence piece come in? Yeah, that actually came in when I took a look after my first year of coaching, I took a look at all the clients I had had and I was asking myself, you know, what are the common denominators? What seems to be the things that everybody that I thought I would work with um, struggled with? And the main things were the mindset and the confidence. So, and they go hand in hand. Like if you have a strong mindset, then you usually have confidence. And to have confidence, you have to have a strong mindset. So those were the, the main things. And that confidence piece really played a big role in no matter what lifestyle people had, what background they had, um, they all struggled with confidence. They all believed that they weren't good enough or that whatever it was that they wanted, maybe they weren't worthy of. So it's really just working with people to help them shift that mindset into realizing, you know, everybody is good enough for whatever it is that they want. It's just how much do you want it? Are you going to get resourceful? Are you going to go after it? Are you going to take that action that you want? And each time that you take one little step forward, it builds on that confidence. And I would have people who after one session, they would feel like a totally different, a totally different person. Um, and of course it takes practice, but that's like the beauty in watching somebody really realize what they're capable of versus what they thought they were capable of. Uh, that in itself and like watching them really thrive is such a gift. Um, that being able to make a career out of that just was 
a dream come true, really. It's so true because, you know, both you and I, you know, we're, we're entrepreneurs, we're, we're, you know, businesswomen. And, um, I, and I often find, um, especially more so when you're, you know, an entrepreneur that you're always breaking through these layers, these ceilings, right? You, you kind of get to a place and then it feels like you're stuck and you know you want to do something better. You don't know how you're going to get there. And it's like, I have to really push my comfort zone. And, you know, the entre- you know, I, the entrepreneurs that can, you know, push through and really move past that, that, um, um, that barrier, that comfort zone, that's the word I was looking for, um, are the ones that, you know, move forward. Right. Um, but people are getting stuck in that in their day to day lives all the time. I just, I feel like as an entrepreneur, I'm constantly hitting that ceiling. Um, absolutely. And even like entrepreneur or just living your everyday life, there, there's things that come up and we feel like even like how often do we, we work for a goal, we work for a goal, we finally achieve it, we take five seconds to celebrate it, and then we're like, okay, now what? We don't mm-hmm. take the opportunity to really appreciate the fact that we've achieved that goal that we spent time working towards. Our like society has us trained to just move on to the next thing, move on to the next thing, and we get stuck in that, in that whole feeling, um, and it's actually one of my own coaches, she says, new level, same devil. So as soon as you hit that new level, all those same thoughts and feelings that you had at the level below are still there. You just have a little bit of a different way of being able to manage them differently. Um, so we're always struggling with those same thoughts that creep up on us. And that's why everything's kind of like an ongoing practice of being able to um, get yourself moving forward. And, and it does end up being, you know, the tools that you pick up in, in everyday life you kind of learn how to manage and navigate things a little bit differently um, as you gain practice with life. For sure. I want to <clears throat> I want to ask you about the self-coaching model because you kind of mentioned it briefly in our in our phone conversation and mm-hmm. I wrote it down going, I need to ask you some more questions yeah. <laughs> about this. I'm like, what is that? Yeah, so the self-coaching model um, was designed by Brooke Castillo, and she's one of, uh, if you, I mean, another podcast is the Life Coach School. Um, you don't have to be a life coach like me to to listen to it. She's got great tidbits. But when I heard um, Brooke explain the self-coaching model, it made everything make so much sense, and it really simplified life, and it's been such a fantastic tool for myself and it's something that I really like to explain to my clients as well and really anyone that will <laughs> listen to it um, because once you learn how everything works, it it provides so much clarity that you're almost like, why didn't I know this sooner? Like, is this some kind of secret that people are hiding? So the whole purpose of um, the self-coaching model is that you are able to take this tool and coach yourself in any kind of scenario that comes up in life. So it's five basic steps and it starts with circumstances. So circumstances are essentially just facts of life. They're neutral. They're not positive or negative. So this is the actual facts of things that happen to you. Um, and then from that, we have thoughts almost immediately. So as soon as those circumstances happen to us, thoughts start flooding our mind. We start thinking about that circumstance in a particular way. That's actually what makes the situation either positive or negative for us is the way that we're thinking about it. 
Um, so then when we are, when we start thinking about things, that actually starts creating feelings for ourselves. And one of the neat things is, is I learned like feelings are just vibrations in your body. So feelings aren't really real. It's more the thoughts that are creating those vibrations in your body. And if you think about the fact that um, when you're really anxious and nervous, the same kind of things happen in your body as when you're really excited about something. So it's the same vibration that's happening. We've just decided to label it um, anxiety or we've decided to label it excitement. So it's a really neat process to realize that just to quickly recap, when the circumstances happen, we immediately have thoughts about that. And those thoughts that we choose to have then trigger the feelings that happen. Now, sitting in those feelings, they're either going to feel positive or negative to you. And from that state, that's where we choose to take action or inaction. So because of how we're feeling, and we've all been there, if you're feeling fantastic, then you have more energy, you're probably more likely to take more action. If you're not feeling as energetic, you're feeling like a little bit more on the negative side, you're probably more likely to just hang out and watch Netflix and not bother like doing what you had planned to do for the day. Um, so those feelings are, the, are what trigger the action or inaction that you take. And then based on those actions or inactions that you choose to take or not take, ultimately create the results of life that are all around us. So if I'm working with my client and she's saying, yeah, yeah, I, I am doing, you know, these action steps or um, this, like, this is what I've taken action on. I'm like, but looking at your results, it would say otherwise. And then you kind of end up realizing that, well, yeah, I guess based on the thoughts that you're having that are creating the feelings that then trigger the action that creates the results. So if you're not getting the results in your life that you want, you ultimately get to look at those thoughts that you're having, which then start the whole waterfall of the cycle again. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, cause I was like, okay, cause we're going to get into this conversation about, you know, how our thoughts create reality. And I was like, okay, how am I going to tie this in? And you just, you just did it there for me. Yeah. So that's amazing. Um, okay. So you're saying, and this, I'm, I'm kind of summarizing it in my mind. Um, so you have the circumstance that, that happens and maybe I'll use, um, you know, I'll use a, uh, maybe a, a personal example of an experience I had yesterday, um, which um, my dog, uh, I think, had a seizure, mm. except I didn't know that it was a seizure. Oh, wow. And in the circumstance, the fact was that the dog had kind of fell over and was being non-responsive. And uh, that, that was just the fact. That is the simple, straight fact. Dog fell over, not responding to me moving him. So then the thought was the dog is dying. Mm -hmm. The feeling was utter panic. Uh, and, um, which led to me running up the stairs to my spouse, waking him up at six o'clock in the morning to say the dog is dying and he's very confused. And I'm like the dog, the dog's dying downstairs, like freaking out. Um, Thankfully, when I got downstairs, downstairs, the dog was, you know, the dog was responsive. So where, so it, like, if we're kind of following that logic, um, the reality was that he wasn't 
dying. So how would you, how would you like, anyways, it was very traumatizing. Um, <laughs> in, the, in the moment, it took me a really, really long time. And I realized, and, I, and it just reconfirmed that when I'm in a situation like that, that I tend to sort of panic and want help from others. Um, Cause I didn't feel confident. I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't feel confident enough to be present uh, emotionally as well. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Are you able to break that down a little bit? Well, yeah. I mean, you explained, you explained every single step of, of what it was. So basically the, the um, circumstance, as you said, were, was just the fact like your dog was non-responsive. However, he happened to be acting. Those behaviors are yep. the circumstance. Yep. The thoughts you can, you can hear that the thoughts were so powerful that it caused you to be like panic. Like you felt that overwhelm in your body, that panic. Yeah. And then from there, the action was, you know, to, to run upstairs and, and get help from, from your husband um, or your spouse. And then the result was then exactly what you had said. You kind of were able to reflect on that and be like, Oh, well actually the dog's fine. And I, probably could have managed that on my own, but because the feelings you were having was to kind of freak out and panic. Um, and that's not to say, I mean, that's, uh, an extreme situation where there's a potential emergency, right? So I mean, it's just, it's fresh in my mind and I'm like, okay, let me, let me just use this as an example to, yeah, to help yeah, illustrate sure. it. Yeah. Um, so that was a great, like, I just want to, first of all, say that was amazing that you were able to that insight from that because that's where a coach can usually help people too is you have your actions you take action or inaction but then you're not really sure how it's creating your results so the fact that you were able to look at that and be like actually the result I created was you know waking waking up my spouse having him panicked um and then going downstairs and the, the dog was okay so the reality actually ended up being fine it were it was the thoughts that was triggering all that all that chaos for you when the result itself ended up being okay. Um, right. Again, it's like a disclaimer where if there's some kind of emergency, then don't feel like you can't trust your thoughts. <laughs> Take right. action if your dog's having a seizure. <laughs> well, well, no, it's true. But but you know the thing that I was, uh, and I'm glad that I felt okay enough to ask you like did that sound right because it gave me insight because when I kind of got to the end of it ex trying to explain it myself I was like what was the reality I was like because my thoughts was not what was reality right but 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 when you brought it back to that self-reflection piece um it brought forth the reality that um you know uh, I you know, in, in a, you know, in a more panicked or stressed or like very speedy type of circumstance, my, I, I get very overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I get overwhelmed in those types of situations. I could never be like an ER doctor. Let's right. just put it that way. Somebody's dying. Call the doctor. Oh wait, I am the doctor. Right? <laughs> when you're CPR trained and you hope you never have to use it because you don't want to be the person to do it. Yeah. Right. Which I've done CPR training many, many times, uh, you know, through, through my physio career, but, uh, but, but yeah, like, it, and I, and I pray and I hope that, you know, if I was ever, you know, in that situation that like the muscle memory and all of that would sort of, sort of kick in. But considering I had never witnessed 
my dog do something like it. yeah so it was like sheer and utter panic mm-hmm. and and a lot of overreacting like there was no other possible reality at that moment other than the dog is dying right so so anyways i wanted to kind of loop around how you thought about that reality piece there because my thoughts didn't match my reality but i guess the reality is kind of could also be that self reflection piece right. to and- look back yeah, and that result could be a lesson, right? Like you were able to use that as a lesson as well. Um, in that case, now that was more extreme. Yeah, um, uh, just a little. Right. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, a lot of people feel like every situation that they have or a lot of situations in their life are extreme. Like they feel like a hangnail is that panicky to them, right? So it depends on what you're capable of handling. Um, and I would have done the exact same thing in that, in that situation, right? It's like you, you tend to panic and, and worry about what's happening. Um, but then you're able to kind of step back and reflect and say, okay, well, actually the, the reality is, you know, X, Y, Z yeah. versus the ABC that you originally thought. It, yeah, I guess now that I'm reflecting on that, because then the next thoughts were like, okay, well, he's fine. So what did that mean? And that, you know, that unknown, um, because I'm, I'm a high researcher and I like to have, you know, the answers to things, um, that, that thought of like, okay, well, what was that? And like, should I be concerned or not concerned? So that actually prompted um, like the feeling of, I don't want to feel like that again, being that it was an unknown. So then I called the vet and I said, well, what does a dog seizure look like? And like, here's what happened. Um, which kind of confirmed that that's what it was. And then she gave me tips of like what I need to do in the future. So now next time, God forbid, there is no next time, at least this way, my actions will be very different because I have different thoughts now. Right. Yeah. You'll, you'll go into it a little bit more calm. Um, and yeah, I think that the model maybe didn't necessarily reflect the best in that regard, just because it was, uh, more of an emergency. Yeah. But if yeah. there's something like that is less concerning, um, then that's kind of where we're able to, to see that the results that you are causing based on the action do end up coming like stemming from those thoughts initially. Okay, I I got I got, a, I got a, um, a a scenario that's a little less <laughs> intense, and 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 I'm just pulling one kind of from like a simple thing. Like, let's say you send an email to somebody who, let's say you want to interview them, or they are like a mentor or somebody you look up to, and you want to connect with them for a coffee or something, but it's like two weeks later and you still haven't gotten a response. Mm -hmm. People tend to make a lot of stories, right? Because the brain needs a story. It's it's like it's staying in that um, circumstance. The facts Mm -hmm. is really, really hard. The brain's like, yeah, but I need to make sense of the fact that I haven't received an email back. So I don't know, I guess in my mind, a typical story is like, well, they're just not interested in connecting with me. And then that usually turns into a barrage of, you know, negative self-talk, which then makes you feel not good um, in whatever manifestation, right? Which usually results in um, 
you know, not wanting to send an email back to be like, Hey, did you get it? Like, it's just like, fine. Well, if they don't want to, you know, if they don't want to connect with me, I don't want to connect with, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I'm kind of making this up. Yeah. Um, no, that makes complete sense. Cause it would be like the circumstances you sent the email. Yeah. Um, the thoughts that you're having, well, when you sent the email to, you haven't received a response yet. Those are just facts. Yeah. The thoughts that you could be having are, Oh, that person, like, doesn't regard me the same way I regard them. They must think I'm not important enough to respond. And then from that, the feelings are like, I mean, not to go as far as depression, but just you're just upset, not, you're yeah. sad, you're disappointed. And then from that, you the action or inaction is more like you wouldn't send a follow-up email like you had said. Well, if they don't want, you know, if they don't want to respond to me, I don't want to bug them. So I'm not going to send a follow-up email. And then your result is that you don't get that interview that you really wanted. Right. And so yeah. you're not getting that interview because of the thoughts that you're having when really there's all kinds of different scenarios that could have happened. And actually that happened with us too. Like I didn't respond to your email because it somehow got lost in like my emails. And all of a sudden, what, like a week later I saw it and I was like, what? I was waiting for, <laughs> for this. So here I was thinking you hadn't replied and then you're thinking I hadn't replied. And it's one of those funny things that technology does, but um, if you get too in your head about it, then you do start to create these stories. And that really, that is really what takes its toll on um, the feelings that you have and then the action or inaction that you choose to take. And I wonder if then that becomes like, can become a pattern of a, like, a, oh, a, right? Like now it's like, you know, you send out another email and if it happens again, or you, you make that phone call or you send that text and like, you don't get that immediate, you know, response back, then it's like, you know, I'm not good enough. Da, 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 da. And then maybe you just stop reaching out to people. Right. Exactly. And then, and then you're, re yeah. <laughs> and, well, exactly. And then like your reality shrinks down. Um, and your confidence shrinks down too. Right. Cause it takes, it takes courage to send that initial email, especially if you regard in that person and like, on, or you've got them on a pedestal, you really, really want to interview them. And then all the stories that you're telling yourself, all those thoughts that you're having and creating and choosing to believe are what ultimately makes you feel bad. And then from there, you're just like, well, that's fine. Maybe I shouldn't have this podcast and you stop your podcast. And then your results are that you're not as successful as you could have been if you had just decided to change the thoughts that you had or just send another email, like take action, send another email. Right. And funny enough, I like literally forgot that our emails had not yeah. gotten, like, I was like, Oh, I've like, I didn't pull that example out because it happened yeah. to us. And then as you're saying it, I was like, how did that example pop into my, yeah. pop into my head? Anyways, Universe um, downloaded it to you. <laughs> uh, appar uh, apparently, it was sitting in my subconscious somewhere. Yeah, really. Um, <laughs> so, when you're working with somebody, like you're, so what, you know, w what kinds of things would, what kinds of things do you do? How do you, how do you help people, you know, change their realities? Yeah. So I think um, the biggest thing is just asking them what it is that they want uh, for themselves. What is the reality that they want for themselves? What do you want? And I always make sure that I'm very clear on what do you want? Not what does your partner want you to do? What does your child want you to do? What does your parents, what do your parents want you to do? What does your work want you to do? It's what do you actually want for yourself? Because a lot of the time, nobody has even been asked that question. And when you ask them, they kind of stop for a minute. They're like, Oh, 
what do I want? Oh, I've never really thought about that. As much as we think that we think about it, we have all these external influences that are contributing to what we think that we want until somebody actually stops and, and asks you, what do you want? Like, what do you want for yourself? If you could have anything, what do you want? And for some people, it's just, you know, they'll say happiness. It's like, okay, well, what, what would create that happiness for you? And you have to dig and peel back the layers and things like that. And really what coaching is, is just asking questions um, and allowing people to find the answers that are already inside of them. We've just never been asked these particular questions before um, because we don't know to ask ourselves these things. Like until, until you're really asked these questions, you don't necessarily even think about them. Um, I mean, on a surface level, of course, we, we say, what do I want? But then you're also like, what do I want? Okay, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, when you're thinking of all the other people that it would potentially um, also affect. But when we get really serious about what it is that you actually want to take action on and move forward with, that's when it starts getting exciting and people start start allowing themselves to dream and, and think about what it is that if they could do anything, what would it be? And then how can like how can we start taking even just baby steps to get you to that place? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's it, there's a process to that, right? It's not just it's not as just as simple as asking that uh, that question. And often, you know, like I would imagine, you could probably do some of that by yourself, but then you're also kind of limited by the ego and all the other wants and needs yeah, of everybody limiting- around you. Yeah, you're limiting beliefs and external influences. So if you have a coach that's able to reflect those things back to you, if you say, you know, I really want to quit my corporate job, but my husband would never let me do it. Well, guess what? I was there. I thought the exact same thing. But turns out, if you're willing to have a candid conversation with your husband, sometimes they support you, right? And I mean, not everyone's as lucky as as I am in that regard. But what, like, really, it's it's getting true with yourself and being honest with yourself and what you do want and acknowledging that because if you're just pretending the life that you're living is what you want and if it is then that's great um and i'm not saying you have to strive for this ridiculously lavish life i live a very simple life because that's what my husband and i enjoy living right but um if you are looking for that something more having somebody who can help reflect that to you and if you're saying oh yeah but and then you're like oh well, you had just mentioned, but this, like, is there a way around that? And just knowing different questions and how to dig a little bit deeper than the average person um, would be able to ask themselves. But a hundred percent, I mean, you can, you can dig into these, these questions and really ask yourself, um, okay, what do I want now? What can I do to get that? And if I was to do that, what would be the first step? Okay. And if that's my first step, then what do I really need to do today? And just working backwards um, can really help you at least get into the initial phases of going after what you do want. Let's talk about failure, mm-hmm. right? Because it's you know it's uh, it's it's great. Everybody should dream and ask themselves about what they what they want. Um, it's interesting because like the different audiobooks and different stuff that I get into, you know, I'm always trying to reframe failure. Uh, but in the process of going toward things that you want, um, you don't always get what you want. 
but you do get what you need. Yeah. And um, Great quote. <laughs> I can't remember who it's by, but um, maybe it's from that song from Californication. Anyways, uh, I heard it somewhere. So we have to, we have to talk about it because there, it, it's not, you cannot avoid failure quote unquote, I'm using air quotes of failure because yeah. <laughs> failures aren't really necessarily true failures, right? Because oftentimes right. it's from our failures that propel us into our greatest successes. Right. So how can we better reframe failure so it maybe doesn't hurt as much? I would say um, exactly what you said. I would have used air quotes on failure as well. Um, it really is an opportunity to get curious. So that's how I reframe it is when you feel like you've failed, you can actually use that as data. You can analyze that and simply use that information to do it different moving forward. So, and actually a lot of, as you, you had mentioned like books and podcasts and things like that. So a lot of people uh, actually recommend that you fail at least five times a month or else you're not trying hard enough, right? So when you reframe it in a sense where failure is actually just lessons, um, and as cliche as that may sound, it really is an opportunity to get curious about, okay, so this didn't work. Why didn't it work? What could I have done differently? Did I know intuitively that I could have done it this other way, but I decided to go against that and did it somewhere, some other way that someone told me, you know, like there's all these different facts that we can pull out of the, that again, quote unquote failure, um, that we can then use as like analytical data to push us forward and help us succeed down the road. And maybe we, we don't get the result we want like five times in a row, but then you get it the sixth time, like you never know. And it makes me think of that, um, the picture that's online where there's a guy and he's like digging underground and he just gives up right before he gets to the whole like thing of diamonds. Yes. So it's, it's one of those things where you don't know when your success will be. So if you just keep pushing forward and be as resourceful and resilient as you can be, then you're already succeeding. So, and again, I know it sounds cliche and some people are probably rolling their eyes when they hear it, but the, the adventure of getting to where you want to go is ultimately uh, such a great way to build confidence for yourself. Each new step and little thing that you figure out and um, you succeed with, that's the true success of what's happening. And then ultimately, maybe you make it to that, that picture of, uh, the best, you know, the best case scenario for your life, but also acknowledging and celebrating along the way is really important because if we're just having this one success that we have in mind and calling everything else up to that failure, we're going to lose out on a lot of really fantastic insights that we can have and a lot of other things we could be celebrating to make ourselves feel good and building that confidence up and building that energy and passion that will actually um, could influence us to be successful uh, a lot more like quick. I was going to yeah. say a lot more quickly, but that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. a lot quicker is what I'm saying. Um, I heard a different quote that there's growth and then there's learning. So mm -hmm. you're, you're like, you're in one or the other, right? You're growing. Right. Um, 
or what, or wait, was it growth or was it success and learning? Yeah. But it was probably success and learning, learning because you're growing along that process. Right. Um, but, but it, you're right. Like, um, like I read, um, you know, a book called mindset by Carol Dweck and she just talks about the fixed mindset and the growth mindset and in the growth mindset, if you can foster more feelings of curiosity and data collection, um, then that's what's going to ultimately get you more successful versus thinking, well, I just don't have an innate talent for this and whatever. I'm just going to not do this thing. Exactly. And that's not to say that you can't feel disappointed if something doesn't work out. Like we're not talking about sunshines and rainbows all the time. That's right. We're talking about the reality of not as you, as you said, not everything that you work towards is going to work out exactly how you pictured it. And guess what? That's usually a good thing. How many of us have like thought we had, you know, these certain 10 steps to get us to a, a, a place, but then at step three, we pivot and go a different way that we didn't expect. And then we end up at a way better reality than we thought we were going to be at if we would have stayed on the course that we originally thought we were. So there's lots of opportunity and, and seeing, um, failure as another course of action, another way that you can pivot another opportunity to see things a little bit differently, but it really does come down to the thoughts that you're having when that failure happens or when the result doesn't turn out the way that you thought it would, um, what are you telling yourself and what are you making that mean? What, what are you choosing to, um, what are you choosing to create that is, is it going to be like a negative culture? Is it going to be a positive culture moving forward? Like, what is it that you want? Um, and really like, what's the point of, what's the point of negative self-talk? Like nobody gains anything from that. You know what I mean? There's lots of other ways that we can boost ourselves up and motivate ourselves and negative self-talk has no place for that. So while sure, take a moment and be, be sad and be disappointed that it didn't work out, but then you have the, the choice to pick yourself up and move forward. I can see how that um, self-coaching model would come in on a, <laughs> on a, on a failure, right? Cause you got the circumstance, which is just the facts, yeah. right? And then, you know, reflecting with curiosity, the thoughts that you're assigning to those facts, right? Absolutely. And then being mindful of the feelings that thinking about it, right? So if you can try to think of both, you know, well, what's the negative story I'm attaching to this fact? Well, what's a positive story I could potentially attach to this fact? And like, how does that make me feel? And like, yeah. And that's actually the, that's actually the, the, like the secondary part of the self-coaching model, because most of us, if we're turning to the self-coaching model, it's because we're in a place where we we're having thoughts of failure or some kind of negative thought. And if we're then able to then, and you can, you can insert this at any point. So you could insert a, a more positive feeling that you want to be having or even a more neutral feeling. It's like, oh, I feel like a failure. I would rather just feel like this was uh, an opportunity, right? So you're able to then um, insert the different thoughts and feelings that you want or even the results. So you can take a result that you want and work backwards. Okay, if this is the ultimate result that I want, what action would I be taking? And if I'm taking that action, how would I need to be feeling? 
okay, and to create those feelings for myself, what would the thoughts be that would need to be happening? And then you don't even need to worry about the circumstances because that, that doesn't even apply at that point. So you yeah, can really take, yeah. And even if you're feeling bad, like if people, um, like I, I've worked with people who have like said that they've had, um, depression. So, and you feel so debilitated when you have depression. And, um, so this is a tool that can help them at least say, you know, okay, these are my feelings right now. I'm feeling depressed. The thoughts that I'm having are, you know, ABC. These, these are the different thoughts that I'm having that are kind of contributing to that. They feel helpless. They feel like they don't have any options. They don't have any choices. But then when you start to actually realize, oh, well, I don't want to be feeling depressed. I actually want to just be feeling like decent. I want to be feeling okay with life. You know what I mean? Then you're able to be like, okay, well, then your thoughts could be like, maybe you do have some options and you just kind of slightly change the thoughts that you're creating for yourself. And that can change, like that creates that whole, um, waterfall of, of the whole self coaching model again. So you're able to take a negative model and turn it into a, either a neutral or a positive model, depending on what you're trying to do with that situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I didn't attend necessarily that we were going to go through examples, but it seemed like the, you know, I'm oftentimes I do these podcasts and I just kind of let them flow. And, um, hopefully that my hope is that it just kind of helps people grasp, you know, how things are moving through these stages. Exactly. It does Absolutely. get a little complex, especially if maybe you haven't been introduced to this type of uh, you know, particular train train of thought, right? So I have some base knowledge of like how this works because I see it in business books, right? Like they talk mm-hmm. about success habits and, you know, how to reframe your fail. Like all of that is really actually quite built into a lot of um, entrepreneurialism. Um, and, uh, but I also see it from the neuroscience side, right? Of how, you know, it does affect our body and our physiology, like how our thoughts do actually do things. Um, And so it's just interesting to be able to converse with somebody and try to break it down in, in concepts that are easier for people to kind of follow along with. Absolutely. And like Brooke Castillo's self-coaching model isn't reinventing the wheel. It's basically just simplifying once, once you gain the concept, it's simplifying all the different um, like beliefs and, and scientific evidence and everything like that um, of a lot of different uh, models that are out there. This is just one of the ones that really stuck with me because when I heard it, it made instant sense. Um, but it does like once you kind of understand and it probably helps to be visual as well when you can actually see each of the steps and explain it. So I'm glad that you did bring forward some examples because it does help people kind of understand um, how it can relate to them and how you're able to apply it for yourself um, in any kind of circumstance that happens. Yeah. Well, I, I, I certainly, you know, I, I appreciate um, some of the self efficacy and like some of the self empowerment that that yes. model, you know, carries is like, once you kind of understand it and, and know, um, it, it at least gives you a stepping ground to begin to kind of work with the process. Um, but you know, I am also, um, you know, a firm believer in coaches, right? Like, um, you know, I have a business coach, uh, you know, I have mentors that I, 
uh, go-to for um, physiotherapy purposes. Like when I get stuck, like, you know, I go and I seek out um, that extra knowledge because sometimes, you know, you get stuck in your own funnel, you get stuck in your own thinking loop. I mean, athletes, they all have coaches, right? Like sometimes in life we need a little we need a little nudge. We need a little bit of perspective. Exactly. And I like to compare it to like when you have simple um, ingredients and someone comes up with this amazing recipe and you're like, man, why didn't I think of that? It's the same way with coaching. It's like you have all the answers inside of you, but no one's really connected it for you to make like a good life recipe. So when you hear something like that or somebody asks you some different questions that really helps stir up the, the answers that you already know, you just haven't had them be brought to the surface. Then it's like that great recipe where like, Oh, why didn't I think of that? Well, because you, you don't have the tools yet, but the self coaching model is one of those tools that can really help you, um, in work. any, in any situation, work through it yourself. Yeah. Light bulb is literally <laughs> all I'm thinking in my head. Yeah. Well, um, one, of the, one of the biggest things that I love about it too is that it helps you take responsibility because that's one of the biggest things that I help my clients with um, is just literally taking responsibility. Um, and once you like, this is responsibility for everything in your life, like the choices, where you are, what's happened. Like, yes, circumstances happen. However, how we manage those circumstances is really what gets you to where you are. And yes, some people are dealt, you know, worse circumstances than other people, but how are you able to manage those and be resourceful and work through? Um, one of my coaches, she went from being on welfare and now she has like a million dollar coaching business. It's one of those things that, you know, anyone can be successful. Anyone can be as successful as they want to be. It's just you know, how much are you willing to uh, do for yourself and how resourceful are you willing to get? Um, are you a, are you willing to take risks and put yourself in uncomfortable situations? Or do you just want to sit in the comfortable feeling of being uncomfortable because that's all you know, right? So a lot right. of people, when they're able to take that responsibility for themselves, um, they really do become empowered and it helps them realize that they're capable of so much more than they, than they ever thought possible. For sure. I've, I've had a great time trying to understand <laughs> and unravel this in my brain. Uh, so I hope that our listeners have gotten some enjoyment, uh, you know, out of, um, you know, this conversation and are probably thinking, you know, got some wheels spinning in their heads about their, you know, quote unquote, circumstance facts of life um, and are thinking through, you know, through this model. But uh, let's say they're kind of, they, they get stuck in that model and um, feel like they need an extra hand in gaining that perspective. Like, how can people find you? How can they reach out to you? Um, you know, are you on social media? That kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, my handle on Instagram and Facebook is authentic.soul.coaching. Um, and then my, um, my website is authenticsoulcoaching.com. And I'd actually like to offer your listeners um, a free 20 minute coaching session to help them get unstuck and to help bring some clarity uh, to what it is that they do truly want for themselves and maybe even get some action steps of how they can move forward. And of course that call is completely free. So, um, it's really just, 
it's, it's a joy to be able to help people find that clarity and have those light bulb moments. Like you just said, having that opportunity to really, um, learn what they are capable of. And so if anyone is interested in, um, taking me up on that offer for the free call, then they can go to my website, authenticsoulcoaching.com. And there's a button at the top, right. That says, uh, book your free call and they can do that that way. Amazing. Well, thank you for uh, offering that. Um, you know, again, somebody out there might be just sitting there going, man, I made it through, but I'm still not quite clear on, you know, what my next step is. So uh, that's a great opportunity um, for people to be able to take. And for our listeners who may not have a piece of paper or anything to write down, I will post all of those links in the show notes. So it makes it easy to, um, you know, find on social media and you know, just click the link right to the website and, uh, you know, book the call if you see fit. So Amanda, I want to thank you so much for coming and sharing and helping me work through my little, (laughs) you know, self coaching model there. Um, now that I'm a little less traumatized, um, (laughs) and, uh, I, I just appreciate you, um, sharing your, um, what you do with the rest of us. Well, thank you for the invitation to be on the podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, I did too. And of course, we enjoy having our listeners listen. And so if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, I uh, kindly ask if you enjoyed our podcast today to do so. And that will ensure that um, the new episodes are coming you know, directly to your phone or wherever you are streaming Uh, the podcast right now. And uh, of course, we're grateful for that. So bye for now. And until next time. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.